demute myself, I think. Okay, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, so it was already, it was just me. Uh, right, good morning. Um, hi, I spoke last week, and probably last week was a bit of an introduction to this week. So, um, uh, just a couple of observations about um, the weekend, this weekend, and um, and the turning um, that I just want to reflect about. So, um, uh, we, we prayed for Jean, didn't we, a little while ago? Just laid hands on her, released her. Um, just to say, when I was kind of leading that, we had about four or five people turn up on Friday night, and and two or three going out on the streets. Uh, as soon as we pray for Jean, we had 16 on Friday night at the worship time and nine on the streets. I, I think I ought to give up a lot more. Um, there's something significant about praying for people and releasing people. I think that's one thing that I observed. Um, uh, the other thing is that really helps when you have nine people going on the streets because you all look up. Jean, that was Jean's reflection to me. I don't know whether she she, did, she said. What, you just feel braver, even though you're in twos. You can, you're kind of you're looking up, going, "Oh, we've got Dave Crow with us today," or Chris Jeffs is here, or Caroline is here, and she's got the most amazing testimony. Or and uh, you kind of you feel we've got Pete Chudley. We're going to get a few because we've got Pete Chudley with us. He talks to everybody. He's got no fear. Do you, do you know, it does something to you. When you're in two or three, you're kind of like, oh. So uh, it, it's amazing in a team, isn't it? And um, uh, unless you're the England rugby team, where you're looking around going, how did we lose to the amazing Scots, of course? So, uh, yeah, a bit emotional in our house yesterday. Not at all. Yeah, I am happy, Megan. My children are half Scottish, so that for Nicola it was a win-win, wasn't it? She didn't actually care. For <laughs> you, I won. Didn't matter which way, did it, Nicola? You just won. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know, don't know why, um, but then it just yeah. Um, so uh, last week. Um, uh, I spoke on just some of the things that were musing in me around the grace of God and around Jesus. Our worship time on Friday, I have to say, Joe led and led brilliantly. And do you know what? It was all about Jesus. It was incredible. You missed. The 16 of us that were there had the most amazing time in the presence of God. And... um, I want to encourage you to come to those Friday nights, even if you're not going to come out on the streets. It's just an opportunity to get in the presence of God together. And it's not just, those nights are not just about the turning. They're about us together, experience the presence of God together. Um, and, um, And we had a great time. Really great. So that's just an encouragement. Um, My... We're in a series, or this year we're going to be looking at what what are we building. My topic is building relationship with the sun. It's um, 
the Son being Jesus. And um, it's come out really, um, if we can have the uh, next slide, um, one of my uh, daily readings quite a while ago um, was Matthew 11. And I got to the bit in 28, which was looking at um, being weary, heavy laden. And Jesus saying, come to me if you're like that. Uh, My yoke is easy, my burden is light. And and there was this, this little phrase that said, learn from me. And um, I have to confess that I wasn't finding things easy and light. Um, and But the phrase, learn from me, grabbed me. And so um, I, my focus has been Jesus. Um, should always be, but I really wanted to... Uh, look at him again and love him again and understand more and learn from him. And so I've been reading some gospels. I've been um, reading some books. Um, Last week, um, I recommended this book, but I know not everybody was here last week. This book is How to Stop the Pain. It is an excellent book. It's a really easy read. And um, I want to read you just something from it to start with. In daily life, as well as in business, people experience pain and failure while trying very hard to be happy. For some, this begins their mystical search to please God and somehow obtain the blessings that are described in his word. Their journey is one of legalism, dead work, self-absorption, and frustration. Do you see, there is not a single thing we can do to get God to violate or deny the finished work of Jesus. The scriptures are quite clear that we have everything that pertains to life and godliness through Jesus. And we'll find that in Second Peter 1 and 3. I'll read that in a minute. In order to even consider blessing us as a result of our efforts, he would have to completely deny the finished work of his son. Looking for ways to earn or obtain blessings always causes us to look someplace other than the Lord Jesus and his finished work. The starting place for the pathway out of pain and into sanity is always to remind ourselves of the truth. We are accepted in Jesus. We are righteous through him. We are free of every curse of the law because we are in him. We are qualified for every aspect of the inheritance through him. And 
every promise God has ever made to anyone is yes, because we are in him. Can I say, it's all through him. And I, I think it's really difficult to build a relationship with Jesus when we don't grasp the fullness of what he's done. Because otherwise we're seeking hugely to please him. And he's done everything. If you just move on to the next slide, Alison. Thank you. You know, in in John 19, Jesus cries out on the cross, it is finished. I mean, I, I don't know whether he shouted it. You know, I suppose when I think about that, I think him shouting, it is finished. And that wasn't really a shout, because if I shouted, I can shout loud. I won't, Megan. And, but he finished everything. Sin was defeated then and forever. I, oh, sorry, that doesn't work, does it? Um, I have come again. You know, as I've mused over, it's it's almost brought me to tears. I've gone become quite emotional about how much the finished work of the cross does for us. Sin is completely obliterated. Um, and as I said last week, our past sin, our present sin, and our future sins. And the amazing thing with God is he chooses to not remember them. He can do that because he's God. And he literally can't remember them. Even though you and I sometimes can. But he can't. And that's something we, we struggle to grasp with our minds. But we have to grasp it here. That he does not remember your sin. It's finished. The cross has done everything. For you and for me. I want to read a passage. John 17. Yeah, let me read the passage and I'll just explain. I, I might seem like I'm a bit all over the place. This morning, I really apologise. I'm not, or I'm, I'm not necessarily a one-two-three person. So this is what you're going to learn, and that will frustrate some people. I understand that, and um, so, so I'm not the classic Bible teacher. So today, this is about some amusings and thoughts, and my journey over the past few months, discovering the depth of what Jesus has done for us again and it becoming alive just really helps when you're on the streets and you're talking to people you know what's fascinating we had this young guy yesterday I'm going to give you a testimony we had this young guy yesterday 
Um, Caroline, if you ever want to go out, Caroline is brilliant. She's just, she, she's, um, and, and I mean it too. She's got hold of what God has done for her. And um, she, she, she can be really direct because she's a woman. She can walk straight up to people. <laughs> she, she, was, she just went, do you know God's got a plan for your life? Right, right, jumped in front of them, you know. I'm like, I could never, you know, I can't do that. That would freak some people out, being a bloke. But she, she was there, and she kept saying to me, come on, we've got to get one under our belts, Sim. Come on, where are we going now? So uh, anyway, outside Poundland, um, I, I'm kind of, I, I can see this guy standing there, and I think I'm going to sidle over to him. She comes up to me, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm just building up to speak to him. And she's off, bang. Grabs an older gentleman next to this guy. And he says to her, you've chose the wrong bloke. I'm an unbeliever. She says, oh, that's a shame. (laughs) Where's your wife? Oh, she's inside. Oh, right, I'll talk to her then. (laughs) So that's exactly what happens. The wife comes out. Caroline jumps there. By that time, this young lad, your young man, is kind of, you can see his ears going like this, and he's, he's sidling over. Anyway, I, I get chatting to him, and he is, he's ready to drop, and we pray all the way through. And um, uh, he, we didn't have to tell him he was a sinner, by the way. He jolly well, he said, I've been in jail. I need my life changed. And uh, so we just prayed with him. Uh, then happened, John Chorley's walking past. So we get this guy's details. We tell John the story. Tell him the guy's name. He says, oh, I know where he lives. He says, oh, I know. I know a Carl Phillips. I was at school with him from Malvern. So I, I said to John, Will you, can we get in touch? This guy wants to have coffee. He wants his life. He knows he's, he's in a mess. But he, he, we didn't have to tell him. It's not our job to tell him sinners. And as I said last week, the real sin is this, not believing in Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit convicts of. You know, it's the jump from... Because we all know when we've done stuff wrong. But when the Holy Spirit convicts of Jesus, it's, it's a big change. A big change. We're going to read this. John 17, 20 to 26. I do not pray. So this is Jesus. This is a chapter where he's praying. But we're going to read the context. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word. So he's now praying for believers who believe in in Jesus, in him. That they all may become one as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us and the world might believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them. So Jesus is in us, those who believe. And Father, you are in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me. And have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am. 
that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. For you have loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, that these and these have known that you have sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it, that the love which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Now, it's a little bit confusing, I know. It's like, what are you saying? But here's, here's some of the things that I'm re-grasping, re-living, re-afresh. You and me are in Jesus. The Father and Jesus are in each other. I in them, you in me. If we have Jesus, we have the Father in us. Go back a bit to John 14, where Jesus then promises the Holy Spirit. And we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. I hope we all have. If you haven't, we can pray for you. So we have the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus. We have the Father. You have the whole Godhead inside you. In you. Through Jesus. The whole Godhead is in you. Through nothing you have done. All through him. All through the finished work of Jesus. The whole fullness of God in you. Changes how you walk around the streets. The whole of God in you. The The whole of God in you. The whole of him. The fullness of God lives in you. Isn't that an incredible thought and reality? (laughs) Makes me chuckle. It does. Because that's what he died for. He died so that we could have the whole of God in us. The whole of it. Absolutely incredible. It was worth... I sing that song sometimes, The Reckless Love of God, and I'm kind of going, you you know, we've had a few... In some sense, it feels a bit reckless killing your own son, doesn't it? You know, you read the story of Abraham taking his son, and, and I'm thinking... You ever thought, ever crossed your mind that you would take one of your children in obedience to God and 
take his life. Complete. But the God himself would crucify his own son. It wasn't us who killed him, by the way. Just so you know, God killed him. For what? To give us the Godhead in fullness in in our being. And it's only through Jesus. I think before we even begin to develop relationship with it, we've got to understand how amazingly incredible. I mean, that's a, it's, we are crazy, aren't we, to believe stuff like this in one sense, but it's the absolute truth. Everything, everything is through him. Nothing of yourselves. It's not by works of righteousness. Nothing you can do. It's all by grace. All by grace. All by grace. All by grace. Do you know, Hebrews 10 will tell you that. John 19, 30. Everything. Everything is through Jesus. Everything. John 14, 20. Just turn with me to that. A little while, 19, it says, longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. And that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. There he confirms it again. There's nothing, everything, everything comes. Do you know, faith comes through him as well. So, so here's one of the struggles. Sometimes we think we have to have faith. You, I've tried really hard to work faith up. I'm rubbish at it. It comes through him. Galatians 2.20 says that the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Whose faith? His faith. Not your faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Read it. It's his faith. You, you haven't got faith. It's his faith. I love the bit, is it? I can't remember, is it? John. It's John 21. (laughs) Where Jesus comes back to, and the disciples are at. Peter has gone, oh, I'm going fishing. You know, (laughs) Jesus has died. They're in, I'm I'm off fishing. And and they are brilliant fishermen because they catch nothing all night. And um, as we've seen a couple of times previously, and Jesus comes to them, he's on the beach, and he says, uh, oh, cast the net over the other side again. And they're like, oh, oh, I've heard that somewhere before. And they do it. And then, then this is what Jesus says. I love this. 
Bring the fish which you have caught. Who caught the fish? Well, yeah, he did really. But he's so gracious. He, his word, the fish jumped in. Didn't they? You know, they're fishing all night. It's like, and Jesus speaks and the fish go, oh, master's spoken in the fish, in, in the net. And then he says, bring the fish which you've caught. But he did it. And they did it. And he says, you did it. Sometimes he says, yeah, your faith, her faith. In, in, in the scriptures. But there's nothing you can work up. It's all by grace. Faith is a gift. So if you're struggling to believe some things, we we have to go to Jesus. If I just try harder to believe, I'm going to believe. It all comes through the finished work of the cross and through Jesus. (laughs) I'm blown away again by the by the cross. I'm blown away again by the by the work of Jesus. Let's grab the next slide. I'm so grateful to our organization and our knitting together. We planned so well together. I had no idea that Becky was going to play that video. Jesus, we find out in 1 Peter 2, was rejected, but has become the cornerstone. He needs to be our cornerstone. And, and it's true, you know, we're rejected as well. We've been rejected. Most issues in our lives come from some sort of rejection and feeling of rejection that's why I'm recommending that book How to Stop Your Pain read it please the cheapest place is Eden Christian Books I've tried Amazon I've tried Book Depository it will cost you a tenner Um, it'll be the best tenner you've spent Um, if you If you genuinely can't afford it, come and see me. I'll buy you a book. It's true. I will. Uh, Because I really um, think it's worth it. It will help us with our rejections. So, (coughs) excuse me. If you read Nehemiah, Nehemiah starts with broken walls. And um, it's a story about the rebuilding of the walls. 
And right in chapter 1, you'll find it talks about damaged gates, burnt gates, and broken down walls. And they rebuild the walls. But I can see that they only rebuild them with the stones that are damaged. They get new cedar and wood for the gates. But for the walls, they have to repair them. They use the burnt, damaged stones. You see, Jesus was rejected. You know, he was the stone that some master builder somewhere thought, "Mm, that's not very good. I I find that incredible. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, there. and we've been rejected we're burnt damaged stones that Jesus is choosing through the cross to pick up, repair and, and build with us he chooses to build with us because <coughs> he sees the Godhead in us He doesn't see the damage. He he doesn't. When he sees you and me, he sees us incredibly beautiful. We sang beautiful one. He sings back to us beautiful one. My heart is... Is being overwhelmed by the love of Jesus and the finished work of the cross. He absolutely, you know, if you're struggling with anything, trust me, you're not going to be able to do it. But he is. If you're struggling with some area of sin, some area of damage, some, and you're trying your hardest to believe and forgive and deal with hurt and pain, please stop trying. I've, I, I, do you know, I know because I've tried. I'm really rubbish at it. But he's amazing. And you will do nothing, and we will do nothing of our own works that means anything but through him. He brings healing, forgiveness, Joy, happiness, health, blessing, hope, truth, wisdom. It all comes through him. It's caused me to go to the the Gospels again. And um, and, Next slide, please. Um, where, you know, that phrase, learn from me, has, has grabbed me. And um, 
So when you begin to read the Gospels again, uh, I, I was chatting with David yesterday before we went on the streets. And, and you know, hear this from a wise, long in the tooth, excuse the rudeness, and I don't mean to be rude, Christian. He said, we have to learn to read slower. So that we really grasp some of this stuff. Look, look at Jesus. You know, as I was musing, he didn't come, he didn't decide to come. God didn't send him in a world like now, sent him way back to a small, relatively small group of people. You know, he chose to stay in that calling. He could have transported himself to any country or whatever, but he stuck to what he was called to, to his focus. He did, for 30 years, he did a, a simple job, didn't get into ministry, what we would term ministry, I don't mean it, for three years, you know, until he was 30, for three years of his life. Read about his encounters at the wedding. Well, the, the woman caught in adultery. <laughs> and his res- response with lack of judgment to her. Or his response to the woman at the well. Where he wasn't shocked at all by her history and past. Read, I think that story is one of the funniest stories in the Bible. The woman at the well. Think about it. She's had five husbands or five blokes. She runs back to the village and says, Oh, I've met a man. (laughs) They're all going, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Another one. (laughs) But they listen to her. That makes me chuckle. (laughs) You know, comedy in the Bible. All right. (laughs) Think about it. Slower. Yeah, and um, read about his encounters. You, you know, the, the, the woman who says, you know, heal my son, he says, I can't talk to you um, at all because I'm not called to you. She's like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Even he calls her a dog. He's pr- you know, you think... <gasps> And she says, hang on, hang on, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. And, and so his heart is turned towards us. See how he, yeah, but, but you get surprised by how he is. And how he doesn't cross the boundaries of what he's called to do. Think about that a bit. Think about his lack of telling people they're sinners. It's been, you know, um, over the years, something I've been criticised for a bit is not preaching sin. I'm still not going to, by the way. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's not a problem. <laughs> 
You might think it is, but it isn't. Jesus has done everything. And um, so my encouragement, you know, uh, and I, look, at, look at his, uh, when he pushes, look at how tender he is. Look at his confrontations. Look at his interactions. Look at where he chooses to invest his time and where he chooses not to invest his time. See, you see again, you know, often it says in Mark 1 in the early chapters, I think it's chapter 1, often he withdrew into the wilderness early in the morning. Often. What, what does often look like? Once or twice a week? I, I, you know, when we begin to see that he, because he's in the Father and the Father is in him, I want to spend time with Father. So I'm often withdrawing. You know, one of my observations of me is that um, I'm an extrovert. I'm an extreme extrovert if you do one of those tests. I'm like over here on the scale. Of myself, I have observed I've become more introverted and needed more time on my own to ponder and and process and think and chat to Jesus and the Father. That would have pained me in my teens. I hated being on my own. Now, at times, I crave some alone time. Just to read, just to ponder. Sometimes just to sit in my room at the back of the house with a cup of coffee and look out the window and just take a breath take some time so final slide and then I'm going to finish so I haven't been massively long I hope so how can I build understand what Jesus has done for us his motives what he's given us if we understand the fullness of the Godhead that he wants for us what that's got to be a massive foundation a cornerstone for our relationship with him if we don't understand that we won't build well And here's my encouragement. Look at Jesus. You want to know what the Father is like? Even Jesus said to his disciples, didn't he? What? You're asking me about the Father? You've seen me. The Father's in me and I'm in him. If you've seen me, you've seen what the Father is like. Read the Gospels again. Slowly. Find out what he's like. Chat about what he's like. See some things again. Because you will. I am. And they're overwhelming me. I'm seeing them in more fullness than I've ever seen before. I'm seeing how much he's done. 
At times, I've still thought I've got to work some things out and work and do stuff. And I don't. I said last week, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are the righteousness of God. I've been saying, as I said to you last week, what my, direct, my declaration is, I am a righteous man through him. You are a righteous woman through him. You are a righteous man through him. I think it's the most incredible message this world we could ever carry. You can't do it. He's done it. It's finished. It's the finished work of Christ on the cross that enables you to live. You can't have faith unless it's through him. Where do you get it? It's through him. You can't have healing unless it comes through him. Freedom through him. Forgiveness through him. Everything is through Jesus. He loves us so much. He paid the whole price. Not part of the price. Let's just worship him for a moment. Let's thank him in our hearts. surrender all we sang that Becky led us in that this morning I surrender all we even sang because you paid it all for me Let me not begin to just grasp as Paul, as he wrote in Ephesians 1, how high, how deep, how wide the love of God is for us. How wide, how incredibly deep, how high his love is for us. Helps us see when we read In Ephesians, we see Jesus. When we read Nehemiah and the building of the wall with Bernard, and we see Jesus. When we read about Abraham taking his son, 
and in the sacrifice of the lamb or the ram in the thicket we see Jesus I want to pray Father that you would help our hearts to grasp the enormity of your grace the incredible abundance of your heart for us the incredible promise (coughs) excuse me of your spirit may you make that really real to us in this next season we might walk in your abundant grace and not our efforts. Amen.